1: Hello everybody and welcome back to Private Education, the Smart Sex and Relationships podcast. I am your host, Ashton Keenan, although I'll admit I don't sound like Ashton Keenan this week because I have been struck down in the prime of Lyme. Um, and if you don't get that, that's a friend's reference. And if you don't get it, I think you're probably too young to be listening to this podcast. So switch off now. Um yeah, my voice is, is in a jock, so just excuse um any mucus or coughing that may um may occur. As as with last week. Scout the dog is back in studio so if I get distracted or start just chatting to the dog at any point please excuse me oh my god she's so cool I can't I am I'm already distracted I do apologize (laughs) I'm gonna apologize now to my guest today um so yeah my guest today um you might know her um online by her former name which is Makeup Fairy um and she has recently changed her name her Handles on social, um, back to her real name, Joanne Larby. Imagine it was makeup fairy on my passport. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, her real name, makeup fairy. Um, so Joanne Larby, welcome. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for having me. Um, and I guess for for me anyway, it seems as though your name change back to Joanne Larby kind of mirrors in a way a a shift in the way you interact
2: online. Would I be correct in saying? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that's I've explained this uh, actually only the other day, just in brief form, because people were asking like, why the name change? Why now? Um, When I started off, I was a makeup artist and that was my first kind of form of education in college. And I went to senior college in Leary and I did makeup artistry. And that was my dream at the time was just to be a freelance makeup artist and kind of make it work. And over time, I went into a little bit of styling, a little bit of plus size modeling, and then I went back to teaching. So I had kind of collated a couple of different areas that I was dabbling in in terms of career. So the makeup was always subsidiary, but it is what I trained in first. Mm. So when I was trying to get my business cards out and get extra work outside of college and working in retail kind of for the weekends and teaching people in makeup, Makeup Fairy was born. So mm. the whole idea behind it was that it was to allow me to do different areas between beauty and fashion. Mm-hmm. And not kind of just pigeonholing into makeup artistry, but instead of replacing the brush of the makeup artist, it was the wand, and it was making someone feel nicer. Yes, okay, I get you. So that was makeup fairy, and it stuck as brand (laughs) names do. And initially, I was over the moon because it was what I was known for for my blog, which then turned into a proper website, and then that was just my brand name. Mm. And then after time. I very much stopped doing makeup (laughs) as one does. You you go into different areas and you explore different kind of avenues of work and Mm -hmm. experience. And even though I did a lot of workshops and masterclasses for years, I mean, I taught a makeup course in Cork every month. And then I was in with Inglot in Limerick in Cork doing like touring workshops Mm -hmm. for two years solidly. So makeup was very much at the core of what I was doing freelance for a long time. But then as that changed and progressed, I was itching to change my name back. Okay. So I was waiting for the right time. When I actually set up my website first, it was Donal Skihan who set up my blog. Okay. (laughs) The reason for that is we were friends years ago. Shout out to Donal. Shout out to Donal. (laughs) He's literally the person that sat down and paid for the GoDaddy account for .com. And I remember saying to him when I was getting Blogspot or WordPress, I actually think I was on Blogspot first and he signed up for a GoDaddy, and this is all totally new. He was food blogging at the time, he was pre-stardom, and, whatever. Yeah, and we were yeah. in my house at the time in Artane, which I was renting, and He basically said, I think down the line, you want to think of your brand at the end instead of the start, which is the best advice I ever got. Who knew Donald was so wise? (laughs) And instead of saying, but I was like, oh, my social media is make a very pro everywhere. And I'm really kind of organized Mm. about my thoughts. But so everything has to be the same. And I didn't want to have different handles and confuse people. And he said, get your dot com as Joanne Larby because that's who you are. That's the essence of your work. And you want that down the line. And that's who he was right in 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I suppose it was it was never hiding behind the name Makeup Fairy but it was perfect for coating what I did yeah as a general yeah yeah and then as soon as I, I moved into those different areas it just didn't work anymore because what happened was Instagram became the main platform people were landing on my page like new brands new customers new followers and it said Makeup Fairy Pro yeah so the automatic assumption is beauty blogger beauty. Yeah, yeah makeup yeah. artist yeah but she's doing loads of lifestyle and travel and not yeah, really wearing makeup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it just didn't really marry anymore. And okay. then it just came to a time where I feel more of myself now online than I've ever felt. Okay. And I'm sharing what I really believe in and what I love. Mm-hmm. And my passions lie in the areas that I share now. Yeah. And so I didn't want to be kind of held down to a name yeah. anymore and so it's and just I, I
1: think there has been a, for, from for someone um from the outskirts like a, as a follower I suppose there has been a very marked difference in your content in the last kind of I'd say maybe six months or so mm-hmm. than there has been before so I think the name changes is almost like the it, it has made this official like the completion this is, <laughs> this, is this is the Joanne Larby that I yeah. want you guys to know yeah and so you know you do live your life online in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, private education, like we're here to talk about relationships and about sex. And I would love to know from your perspective, how, I, I can't imagine, I don't share a lot of, of my husband um, online, by his choice more so than i'd be happy to but he's he's not really a social media kind of guy um and i can't imagine how hard it would be to have people's opinions on your relationship and your you know whatever is coming at you from all those different angles how do you handle living your relationship life online and kind of how has that changed over time because i know you you kind of in a previous relationship, you did a lot. And now at the start of this current relationship you're in, you kind of
2: took a bit of a step back. And so how has that evolved for you? It's been really interesting because I think we all look back on, say, really bad fashion choices and outfits and we cringe a little bit and hair and everything else. Yes, <laughs> And eyeliner do. and sperm <laughs> brows. I can and can confirm, you name yeah. it. So Oh my God, sperm <laughs> brows. Yeah. <laughs> the 90s. Yeah. I still have to get the microblade because I got rid of all of my brows. Same. So I feel like it's a similar light comparison to exes and even activity online. I think when you grow as a human, if you were to compare yourself in collated imagery, this is talking about someone offline. So if you were to collate seven years of your life in images, you change so much. You would have a different partner, potentially. You would be looking completely different. You could be madly fitness oriented when you weren't before you were traveling the world. Now you've relaxed You're more career, whatever it is. So when you are a voyeur to that, as a follower, it's really nice to see the growth and also it's a spectation. And so when it's kind of becomes a spectacle, you start to judge with by accident. Yeah. It's it's just natural, it's human nature where we saw this before and we see this now, and this kind of jars a little bit with mm. us. And I totally get that. And so I think, and I've kind of explained it like this before, where The celeb culture, which I don't compare influencer realm to at all because I would never see myself as that, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to compare them for this kind of idea. Back in the day when we used to get magazines off the shelves and you would see so-and-so has broken up with so-and-so and and then you see cellulite blasted on, you know, their thighs or they've changed in weight or Britney Spears having mental breakdown. It's salacious and it makes us buy the magazine. Mm So we're very accustomed to that kind of gossip realm and we're accustomed to buying into what happens people's lives. It's like Love Island. You're just engrossed. You want to see the fight. You want to see the making up. You want to see all of that. So I think that by human nature, that has translated into influencer realm. Mm -hmm. So the more you share, the more people want to attach yeah to what you've shared mm-hmm. so the more you share the more you have to share in a way in a way yeah because you're divulging a certain amount and snapchat was to blame for a lot of that i feel like snapchat definitely created a new realm of social media stars where you got to see a lot more of our personalities mm-hmm. i used to speak every day on snapchat and mm-hmm. i don't at all on instagram anymore because mm-hmm. i see the platform is different and mm-hmm. everyone uses it in a different way and sharing so much dialogue every day meant that so many things were picked apart or dissected and they were really innocuous moments in my life but yet they were kind of just magnified and analyzed and you forget that that's happening. Mm. So if you add that up for a long enough amount of time and you incorporate a relationship into it, people attach actually to the couple as well. Yeah. So when there's a downfall or when there's something that's happened and you've shared a lot prior, you expect the privilege of knowing what's happened yeah. because you've known all the other bits, I some you. of them. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. you feel in your head, because well, you I've think, watched all of that. You,
1: you've, you've invested and you think you know
2: what's, what's yeah. going on and, and you deserve so, a, 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 an, answer. an answer. And if yeah. you're watching the likes of Love Island for people who say no, Molly Mae and Tommy, mm-hmm. if they just broke up today, you'd expect something on their socials. You'd expect an announcement, a statement of forms, the media to put something together. They wouldn't just kind of disappear yeah now that's all manufactured course, by yeah. the media and everything and it's in a totally different area but because you're your own pr as an influencer you're not necessarily educated to deal with that yeah and to do it the right way and so as a normal woman we like i went through a breakup Yeah. and there's no perfect way to deal with that yeah. and when something happens that's very private but at the same time you kind of have to tell people roughly this scenario mm-hmm for me I moved country so obviously people are going to be like well she's not in London anymore (laughs) so (laughs) So something what happened happened. Mm -hmm. so you have to allude to something without having to owe people all yeah and it's hard because you do feel like well I've shared so much and you have this idea Mm. of this over here in this box but this is the reality and I can't tell you the reality so how do I bridge that gap Mm. and for me it was silence yeah um and that's just out of kind of I wanted to remain classy and dignified but also I never wanted to be just known for my relationship what had started to happen was and this is the media this is even in Ireland like we'll get certain kind of articles that attach to things that have happened which is I totally understand how it all works but I stopped seeing book reviews and product news and started seeing such and such as broken up and I thought I don't want to be known as that for my career (laughs) yeah So that's the difficulty. You'd love to tell all the girls all the gossip. Yes. But you can't. Yeah. Because you're more than that.
1: Yeah. And that's a really good way of looking at it. And I think in your new relationship, so how long have you been? A year and
2: a half. A year
1: and a half. So it's not not that new. We met in March last year. Yeah. So is that a year and a half-ish? Yeah. Yeah, Coming up on. Yeah. So in your new relationship now, I know at the start you were a little more kind of you said you were in a new relationship, I think, but you didn't necessarily show him. You didn't show his face. You didn't really talk about it too much. And then little by little, you've introduced that in. Was that a conscious choice from you? Definitely. I actually thought I'd never share <clears> him. <throat>
2: okay. Which... uh probably was unrealistic to be honest because again when you're sharing your life online it's not just your career and brand you mm. are just a human so if you're really happy you're like it's human nature yeah. to share that yeah. but then the other and side and it'd be tricky to cut the whole human <laughs> yeah. out of a whole light you know what I mean well <laughs> what started to happen was I'd be away <coughs> and then people are like well, who's she away with yeah is she on her <laughs> Todd and I'm like she there's something wrong with that yeah, I yeah, talked yeah, to yeah, Catherine yeah. about traveling solo that's amazing but I wasn't so I was like yeah. I feel like now I'm lying lying, because yeah. I can't even say who I'm with mm-hmm. so I started off super cautious mm-hmm. bandaged the relationships yeah so it was totally private for two reasons. One, learning from previous relationship, yeah. I didn't want that to happen again. I didn't right. want people to speculate. I saw how how bad it can turn mm-hmm. when you don't speak. Yeah. So I didn't want to run the risk of that. And I did. And also, the second part was to really enjoy the relationship privately. Mm-hmm. I had never done that before, where I'd completely kept someone as hidden as possible for as long as possible, mm-hmm. so that I could just give it breathing space. He very much Adam got with me for who I am yeah. and we met in a lovely scenario where we met in person there was no dating app and nothing okay. against them we'll okay. t- talk about that I've done yeah. them yeah. but we met in person and one of the first things he said to me when we were kind of chatting was what do you do and I was like oh no <laughs> here we <laughs> I'm go <a> nurse <laughs> <laughs> yeah end, end you want to lie and say <laughs> and it's terrible because you should never knock what you do yeah but it's either a really long-winded but, answer yeah
1: it's a long wind. like I feel the same way it's a long-winded answer when you work in media especially as a Definitely. freelancer
2: because I think that when you don't have a set structural job you f- It's not embarrassment You feel almost you have to prove more mm. I'm doing this, 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 this and this And those projects and this project But totally. I don't know what to call myself Yeah
1: I totally get you're talking to... about it Like yeah. I to- I'm like well I do this and I do this for this person Because you're trying to justify your, Absolutely. your existence in a way in your career
2: Yeah and I think that it's just because perception only shows a few boxes online yeah. So you're not seeing everything else behind mm-hmm. that And you want people to know that it isn't just glossy That there is so much more to it mm-hmm. And there's years prior to it and I think for me as well, I would like to think that I'm smart, and unfortunately, that's not always translated in imagery. So you're, you you want to let people know you do more than that. So of I'd often say, well, I'm qualified in childcare, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. I, you know, this, this, and this, and this. But so I just didn't want to say influencer. Yeah. And <laughs> he kind of he just kept digging. He was like, well, what do you? And I said I'm in advertising, and he was like, oh, do you run like an agency or PR? <laughs> and I was like, I'm. And he's like, is a client end? And I was like, oh, shit, he knows about advertising he knows stuff. Okay, God, damn it. <laughs> So, and he runs his own advertising agency So that is why So I oh, was so that like, shit, That was probably shit, a bad okay. thing to say then yes, the, well this is what I It manifests into this really awkward conversation I was like, can we just listen to the techno music That's pumping in the background here So we're at a rave So I just said I love uh, that. we were at a rave Just we were, we were literally at He a was rave. asking about my career <laughs> At a rave At a rave And the two friends that we were with Will say that we spoke for 12 hours at that rave And nearly lost our voices Because obviously There's techno in the background And anyway, that's another story So we got into really nice deep conversations I couldn't figure out if he had a girlfriend. I couldn't figure out if he was gay. I just didn't even know the scenario because we were so into talking. It was very natural.
1: And as in it wasn't, it didn't feel like you were flirting or progressing into at, like after a few hours it just got so to a flirty stage but
2: at the start it was just super interested okay, it was yeah, just yeah, unreal yeah. conversation a conversation that you're like I want to turn off the music and listen yeah so it started and I said uh ah, like I'm kind of an online person influencing and he was like oh my god you're an influencer like are you a fake influencer like a shitty <laughs> one or like a proper one so <laughs> I, like, I don't know and he was like let me see your Instagram there and the first thing he turned around and said to me was why do you edit your photos you're so much prettier in real life and i instantly felt this wave of relief because what i didn't realize i had built up for so long was most people i date have googled me yeah or will look at my instagram course, and they yeah. look at edited That's images you and perfect do, selfies yeah. and whatever and just think she's polished she's they'll just they'll just box me off mm-hmm. and put me into maybe materialistic superficial Vain yeah. Whatever All the things that people Could perceive off An Instagram mm. account Like I mean I feel like my
1: Insta- Instagram account Catfishes everyone I've ever met Like nothing that exists On my Instagram
2: Is a representation You're putting It's, it's half brand And half you Putting your totally, best foot yeah. forward And that's yeah. totally fine yeah. But it's really It's a juxtaposition When it's kind of Before a relationship Because you actually Want the real you To come across Of course So I used to neglect Even going there With my Instagram And kind of hold that off For as long as possible This is yeah. like an instant meeting So I was like all oh, right, right well It's out there now So this first thing Was just a really simple Oh, why'd you do that? Yeah. And I was like, okay. So he's, and then I had this almost vulnerable moment where I was like, he sees me in person. He thinks I look better than my images. It's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> because it was just an easing. I had had kind of so much shit online about editing images that yeah. it became this big cloud yeah. where I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm not pretty in real life. Oh no. And yeah, that's how we end. I've gone on such a tangent here. No, but we started funny. talking about yeah, that yeah, yeah. and it, it made me kind of feel very relaxed in it. And so... He knew straight off the bat what I did. What you did, okay. But never Googled me.
1: And so can I ask, when you started going out, did he have any input into whether or not you shared? Like, was he saying to you, yeah maybe we should hold back
2: or was he like do whatever you want it was very much half and half okay. because he has kind of his own experience in the likes of advertising and PR. Mm. he would know the world but not be in it Getcha. so he's not in the influencer side at all but he would be very aware of marketing perspective yeah, yeah okay. and has has kind of good advice mm. and also from a personal point of view he's a very private person mm. he doesn't have a facebook page mm-hmm. which knows people try to find it he doesn't have one <laughs> and he has like 200 followers on Instagram it's private he doesn't post pictures of himself like he's just not that guy yeah yeah and again that's very foreign to me that's very different to what I had gone previously course, for yeah. and one of the things on my checklist was must end up with someone who is not an Instagram whore <laughs> fair this is not I think working that's <laughs> Fair. I think that's probably top of with tops off on Instagram equals disaster equals no, no. no judgment. okay but <laughs> He was the opposite. Okay. And because, so he's private as a person, Mm -hmm. as an individual. So that's Mm -hmm. him standalone. And then I had gone through what I went through. And so I said, I'd never share a relationship Mm -hmm. again. So it was just very, it wasn't even a big conversation. It It just just happened. happened It happened. And then I had loads of time with him in private, taking it super slow. Mm -hmm. So that there was no exterior demand. There was no pressure. And there was also no one like kind of jarring my judgment it was Mm -hmm. just me being with him and then sussing him out as a character slowly
1: yeah no comments
2: to kind of analyze or Mm -hmm. overthink or yeah I get you and And it's protection as well because people can like if you go out with say someone who looks like x and someone looks like y there's an immediate comparison online and people will comment on that and that's really horrible because Mm -hmm. if you start to love somebody and love how they look and I mean I think Adam's gorgeous it's there's nothing to do with that but it's you don't want them dissected. You don't want to put them out to that. I can take it. I can have anyone say whatever about my looks, but yeah. when it comes to family and friends and a partner, you don't want to put them out to that.
1: I remember someone said to me once. Um, <clears throat> I met them. I met them at at a, an event. You know yourself just at something. And it was something that I had known in passing, but didn't know very well. And they said to me, they were just being pure nosy and said to me, um, you ne- yeah, how come you never show your husband on, on Instagram? And I just said, well, I just, I mean, he's always there in the background laughing at me, but he's very rarely wants mm. to actually be on camera. And they were like, show us him there, show us a picture. So I said, all right, okay. So I took, out a, I took out my phone. I had a picture from our honeymoon where I thought he looked... The, hand, the most handsome he'd ever looked. And I show them the picture and they went, he's your husband? And I said, yeah. And they were like, but he's gorgeous. And I said, yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I was like, I don't know what's going on here. Granted, I'll take the compliment for my husband. <sighs> oh, it's such a
2: sting though. It's but like, I was like, what, like are what are you saying that for?
1: Why are you? What are you trying to imply here? Like, you know, and I just, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, not, like I... I might as well be blind when I'm looking at people. I don't see people aesthetically at all. Yeah, you see their hearts, so, d- which like is the I, way it should be. Do you know, I see their personality. I see if they make me laugh. And this applies to men, women, everybody. Um, So I don't necessarily exist on that plane of kind of just physical mm-hmm. attraction or whatever, which is why I think, um, you now I haven't been on date naps, but I think that's why they jar at me so much because they rely so much on the physical. Um, but yeah, that really shook me. And I can only imagine that, if that one person in real life shook me that much with that comment how Mm. god like you've what 150,000 followers or something you must get comments the whole time about about your other half so like do you spend half your life just blocking people or what like how do you handle that
2: I mean it's not so bad now because I think I've built an army of such kind mature people that have kind of come on my journey with me and if they want to stay they want to stay so they've they've come with me and then anyone outside of that is outside of that Mm. As it stands there's always going to be hate there's always going to be forums. there's always places for those people to go yeah and they should go there because there should be a, <laughs> yeah. there should be a place you, you for that. go over to your yeah. forum <laughs> don't come over knocking <laughs> on my door yeah but you know what i mean like there there has to be there's there's forums about giving out about jam on the telly like there's something for everyone Yeah. in ireland it's very small and so we see a lot of it mm-hmm. whereas in different countries we had this conversation the other night and adam follows the crossfit games okay And he was saying they get such hate online. Mm. It is out of this world for how they look, their appearance, they're too bulky, they're not good at what they do. They don't see it because Mm -hmm. their country is too big and they don't care because they're training. Whereas Ireland, I think, and it's not to... (coughs) you know knock our country it is just very small and so a lot of people yeah. hear about something quite small mm-hmm. and minuscule yeah. and it becomes huge and yeah. blown up and yeah. when you actually put it out on the table you think okay mm-hmm. there's t- people dying in the world and then there's someone commenting on my boyfriend you kind of go I just don't, well, you know which, yeah. you're not sleeping with him so yeah. it's grand yeah. yeah 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 so like it's as simple as that you just you block it out and you share like for me what's more important is heart soul personality mm-hmm. I'm all about looks as well. So I'm not even going to pretend that I don't <laughs> have to go for someone I fancy. Okay. That's silly. Of okay. course I the do. Aesthetics are, yeah. But it's, they do they do have a certain pull. Yeah. But beyond that, they don't have any pull. Yeah. Yeah. But I would rather someone have an opinion about who I should go out with aesthetically than who they are. Yeah. So if I don't show who they are, you don't even get the goodness. I get you. You know, I what, know what I mean? What mean yeah. So yeah.
1: And I know like <clears throat> there's a couple of um, friends of mine who are, are influencers and would consider themselves influencers and... Um, I know they have said in the past that they have they have to like like you were saying about Ireland being a small community they have to actually ask their friends not to send them links to forums when they see that they've been talked about they have to say to people I don't want to know I don't want you to send me that I don't want you to tell me what's going on on boards or whatever and I think that's just exemplifies you know what a what a small kind of world
2: um, that that's even news. As in, yeah, and it's and it's actually harmless. And I have friends that have done it in the past for me, and I have one friend who won't even mind me saying it. Gail, do you know Gail Cainsworth? Oh yes, yeah. she's lovely. We're yeah. really good friends, and we would have shared some pictures together because she's somewhat in the realm. She's been mm-hmm. a model for years, mm-hmm. and so she doesn't mind being. In um, images yeah, online yeah, She's yeah. been online herself yeah. Whereas other friends of mine I would never a stick allergic. A camera in their face course, Like it's yeah. just I like the off time That I have with them mm-hmm. And sometimes Then people think They don't even exist Because there's no pictures of them. Do you <laughs> yeah, know what I mean Like yeah, we yeah, need yeah. proof Of, of, of everything their existence, yeah. And Gail sent me A screenshot a couple Of weeks ago Saying it was something Along the lines of I don't think They're friends anymore She hasn't posted About her in ages oh. And she was like why do they? Why do they think that? I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It's okay. Yeah, we know. Like, we're still friends. It, you know, there doesn't have to be. D- I, I try and document a lot less now. Okay, and I think that because I documented more, it's like if you don't show you have a brother, if you all of a sudden have a brother now, they're like, why don't? Why didn't you tell me that? Yes, maybe yeah, it's yeah, not our yeah. brother. Maybe it's yeah. <laughs> like yeah, there, yeah. Has yeah, there has to be a scandal surrounding. When actually yeah. it's just it it's just didn't you show it. it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so you said um, you kind of touched on like online dating, and you said that you have a little bit of kind of experience in the apps and that kind of thing um can i ask when you were on dating apps was it difficult actively trying to date when a lot of people would know who you are
2: a lot of men wouldn't so it's not the worst but i did have scenarios where i'd be sent a screenshot on facebook saying there's someone pretending to be you on Tinder. And I'm like, that is me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, gas. Yeah, so when I did, I had a stint uh, maybe two and a half years ago where I tried. Because it
1: happened to me, I was was Melanie on Tinder. Someone took my pictures and and pretended to be me. But I was in a relationship at the time. I wasn't on Tinder. Mm -hmm. But when you got sent that
2: screen grab, it actually was you. Yeah, I've had both. I've had where I had a full catfish scenario (coughs) where I had to get the guards involved, where it went on for months. Now, nothing bad happened, but... The person, I think my name was Ashley James or something online, right. or something else. But okay. this this is psychotic, so we'll go to this first and then we'll... So I was dating in Canada, apparently. Oh, I was okay. Ashley James on Facebook, and she had an Instagram, a Pinterest, a Twitter, you name it, all on me. Then all the pictures pers- of you? Yeah, yeah. Well, wow. that's dedicated. a long time ago, like a good few albums. The psychotic part of it was this person had pictures of who is my friend, Rebecca. Right. But she called her Sarah and made a Facebook and an Instagram of Sarah. Okay. Inverted Thomas. Make you believable, so, like, say Jesus. if you were a guy that landed on Ashley's page, who's me by mm-hmm. images, mm-hmm. and clicked into who is Rebecca, <laughs> this is really confusing. Um, she, you would be navigated to a page that was actually Sarah, okay. and she had her own life too. Okay, and I my parents. You. So it makes pages, it believable, it was, and it's yeah. So this went on for ages, and I had a couple of men send me really extensive mails. I was actually on Facebook. This is how long ago kind of was. Instagram wasn't as big, mm-hmm. so I'd say five years ago maybe, mm-hmm. and saying like I basically fell in love with you i was messaging you for months on end you told me every story under the sun as to why you couldn't meet and i was like whoa what is going on here that's full-on mtv catfish yeah we we could have totally done the story but it it didn't really go anything or anywhere or grow legs but Mm -hmm. yes i've had that side and then i had where i actually did try tinder and then someone was like you're on tinder and i was like oh no i I am though
1: (laughs) and and so did because like obviously like you said you know the first thing that someone does when they're dating is they google so like Are you very, like, are you very conscious of what happens when someone Googles Joanne Larby?
2: Yeah, I mean, not so much now. Well, no, yeah, when I I was in that scenario, Mm. um, I think I always felt like I had to prove myself on a date that I was much more than what my images may portray. So if someone happened to land on a couple of events I'd done that were just very... Surface and yeah, you know going yeah. to events as you do, yeah. or maybe even modeling pictures from years ago. I remember being on a date before where a guy introduced me to a load of his football mates as, "Oh, she's a lingerie model," and I was like, "No, I'm not." No, and I literally ended the date then and there. Yeah, yeah. What had happened was we had gone for a coffee date that day, and then we were in Crystal that night. And we happened to bump, bump into each other, and yeah, kind of boozy in front of his mates, like, "Oh, she's an underwear model," yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. "I'm not." No, that's not what I do. You know, and getting the phone out and stuff. So my tolerance would have always been very low Mm. I found tinder fine I think it serves a purpose Um, I think that if you're really looking to date and get experiences Mm -hmm. it's no harm you need to be very careful and Mm -hmm. I would always take everything with a pinch of salt I never thought I'd end up with someone from a dating app the only reason was I feel like you can portray a very different person. It's just a couple of boxes of pictures, it's a mini bio, whatever it is. And you can be whoever you want to be in text. Yeah. And I feel that there's a lot of men out there who are very cowardly in conversation and they're just reeling off unbelievable excessive amounts of text. And then in person they're quite shy or they're quite quiet. And it kind of, it wastes a lot of time Mm -hmm. because you're building this perception and honeymoon period of someone that doesn't even exist. So then you're all of a sudden quite disappointed when they're not like that in person.
1: I think one of the things I, I, because a good friend of mine is, is dating and using apps at the moment. And she said that one of the things she finds is they are hilarious on WhatsApp or on the dating app messaging thing. Like so funny, so witty, there's banter back and forth and then they meet them and she's just like there is absolutely it's a complete crack vacuum like there's nothing going on and I think it's because you get like when you're on an app or on WhatsApp you have
2: time to like have a yeah, little thing and come up with something completely gassed yeah you would be having a shower when you're actually like googling how to be funny totally <laughs> yeah totally and then like when you actually sit down in front of someone and like it's a completely different vibe um, So you can't be... create that spark like you can't just manifest this chemistry mm. and yet you can feel a chemistry through mm-hmm. texting someone so mm-hmm. if you're on a dating app perhaps you can build a fantastical chemistry mm-hmm. but then in person there's nothing like eye contact and you you feel when someone fancies you whereas you build kind of a pretend scenario up yeah do you know what I mean yeah. and I've dated a couple of guys from London I, I thought my app was broken <laughs> genuinely when I was on Tinder because I had three dates with guys from the UK who do not live in Ireland and okay. they were in a row and two of them were called Sam <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that that would have been quite the like glitch in the matrix yeah, quite we're so. only going to give we're only people give from, London Sam from, London. from London
2: from are called Sam but <coughs> basically I would have traveled back and forth to London for work and I obviously had the app but didn't actively use it in London mm-hmm. so it picks people up picks I'm people guessing up. yeah 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 and then you come home Call it's Sam. like Pokemon <laughs> <laughs> you've picked up these little characters and then it switches from being close to 400 kilometers away and I'm like what is wrong on my app like yeah. I don't have it on for the UK but mm-hmm yeah so I had like a UK stage
1: right so um, you've obviously had I I guess for anyone who knows you online um, there have been there has been like a lot of kind of interest shall we say in one of your previous relationships but you like having spoken to you there's more than just that relationship you have you have had other relationships and you have learned from all the different ones and you've got so much kind of I don't it's not an extensive (laughs) she's had 70
2: long um but there's there's more than just that one I'm 32 like I mean yeah I I had a my first boyfriend I was 14 exactly so I've had a decent amount of time to Mm -hmm. date and I'm definitely a relationship person but yeah I've had I've had other relationships relationships, and I've equally dated people for a decent amount of time that never went online mm-hmm. you know like yeah. as in they existed but they just didn't exist online because it never got to that phase of so no one actually knew that you were
1: dating yeah. Or, yeah. or yeah um so in terms of across you know across all the relationships I suppose what one or what you know what mix of what one would would have been your biggest
2: learning experience I think every single relationship gives you something So if it's very light and non-impactful, it teaches you you want more and you need more feeling from someone or you want to kind of learn more. And I think that if it's on the other extreme where you're heartbroken or whether you go through something really negative, it's the building block of making you who you truly are. So you realize your own strength prior to approaching a new relationship. You realize your tolerance levels. You realize what you were perhaps, I think for me, a lot of relationship choices are down to identity issues. So if you are finding relationships are failing, number one, it could be who you're going for. So for me, I definitely went for a type. Okay. And until I broke that mode, things weren't working. Okay. And then number two, working on yourself. Mm-hmm. And the more you work on yourself, without someone and really really digging deep as to who you are you won't bring the right person to you because you're bringing the person to who you think you are Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden it doesn't work and it's like but that's because you're not even your true self in the relationship
1: sometimes i feel like people are bringing bringing to them parts of themselves that they think might be missing In a way.
2: Yeah, I think it's that we all have insecurities and we all have different childhood scenarios and we've built all of these up to have an idea of who we think we are and different people bring out different parts of ourselves. And if you go into kind of therapy work and you do inner child work, when you're across from somebody who say for example, triggers you in an aggressive way or you feel hurt or vulnerable, that's probably your inner child being hurt. It's probably somewhere down the line where you've got an insecurity about whether it's your appearance or being called silly or whatever it is. It, it just clicks something for you. So I think that when you're not too sure of exactly who you are and completely resilient with it, People can chip at you in different ways. Mm-hmm. And then as a result, you're not going to really know who you want because if you don't know who you are, you don't know what the right thing is for you. So I would have thought <clears throat> I need it. This is my list, okay? Okay. Tall. Right. Black hair. Okay. Dark skin. Very specific. Brown eyes. Okay. Nice teeth. Good build. That was just looks, okay. Personality and that's, wise, that's
1: very specific. Very specific. I, I agree with you on the nice teeth, but other than that, that is very specific.
2: Now, bear in like mind, this is past colour. tense. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I was almost <laughs> making it impossible because I was that's nearly being too yeah. specific. You were almost making a, a, someone who didn't exist. In a yeah, way. and yeah. it's like control because yeah. for yeah. me it was trying to control. Well, I won't get hurt because you don't even exist. Yeah. <laughs> And then personality. It's an easy way to avoid getting hurt if the person you're looking for literally (laughs) does not exist on planet Earth. Yeah. And then personality wise, super charismatic, uh, well able to work a room, very dynamic personality. I used to say words like passion and fire. So I wanted someone who like swept me off my feet and made me feel excited to be alive. But that actually equated to disaster. Because I think when you have that extreme intensity in fireworks, you also have the opposing factor, which is like, feeling really shit yeah and you know the other side of things every time I say the other side I just think the other side perfect yeah which (laughs) we will get to by the way it's (laughs) true it's the other side of perfection Mm -hmm. it's perfection does not exist Mm -hmm. and having this quote-unquote list someone's always going to fall short of it because Mm -hmm. I'm no list like I'm not this perfect boxed creature at all and it was never even about kind of thinking that I need all of these things, so I better be all of these things as well. It was more so just being pedantic about it. It was like kind of being specific in a control way for fear of being Mm -hmm. hurt, probably in Mm -hmm. retrospect. But the reality is what I needed as opposed to wanted was someone who cared for me, someone who's extremely loyal, trustworthy, made me laugh, made me feel light and was the the light to my dark because Mm -hmm. I'm a really deep person. So I used to think I needed that depth. I needed a really intense, poetic man. issues (laughs) issues <laughs> usually is what they are poetic means <laughs> issues <laughs> I think that's safe to say you know like do you know what I mean though it's kind of someone who's just it's too heavy and nearly and it's just heavy and heavy and so you can only talk about heavy things so much mm-hmm. and because I'm quite a deep thinker I need someone light. Like I need someone who kind of picks you up and says like let's just have a bit of fun mm-hmm. and so it took me it took me until Adam genuinely to figure that out okay. because if I if I lined up a good few of my exes they would have met a lot of that type okay and it just it just didn't work i need to know what color adam's eyes are i need to know now they're hazel
1: okay so, they're like my color okay so almost almost brown, almost brown. <laughs> yeah. um and so that, you've obviously gotten to a point now where you've you know you're with adam you're happy um and you've gotten rid of the list shall we say yeah no do list. you do you feel like like which which kind of do you feel like relationships have changed you
2: Yeah, I think that having a really negative experience and relationship has made me, as I mentioned, incredibly strong. Mm -hmm. It also broke me down to such a state that I started again. So being broken down in a negative toxic relationship made me have the choice to rebuild myself to who I really am and work on the parts of myself that I needed to. Because I think we all need work. Like I think everybody could benefit from from therapy. I think we all carry issues. Everything that's ever hurt us has become a trigger factor. And so realistically, if we were all perfect, we'd never argue, we'd never feel hurt, we'd never feel insecure, and that's just impossible. We're humans. So I think that nearly when something is so bad, you have a chance to start again Mm -hmm. and I just created completely different barriers it wasn't just about going for a different type specifically and removing that list it was actually about looking at who I really am and what I need as a Mm -hmm. person and then having a really good relationship which I'm in now I just didn't even know what that felt like Mm -hmm. until I was in a very positive healthy relationship I look back now going what was I putting myself through So what it's taught me is comparison. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I would have even appreciated Adam to the extent I do now had I not had previous because I just value him so much. He is so good to me and it's not about buying me things or being any way fancy or extravagant. He is just there no matter what, mm-hmm. whether it's little things like never letting me bring the bins down to the, you know, in the apartment or just always having breakfast, always making sure if you're a depressed date, that's okay. Yeah. I'll get you a blanket. Like just being there and yeah. being so loyal, That I just suddenly felt the love that I had always craved and the right feelings. And then I used to have to battle with kind of, I'd expect arguments or I'd expect certain things or expect him to behave a certain way. And then I had to adjust to nothing happening, him not flying off the handle, like just not knowing what to do with that. I felt a bit like a little kitten at the start where I was just, this is too good to be true. How do I navigate this? This is just quite strange. And I nearly... I wasn't even my full self until I trusted and like allowed myself be in that mm-hmm. where I realised he's not here to hurt me at all this is just I've been in really fucked up relationships yeah. before
1: <laughs> and it. so do you do you think then that that means like I was going to ask you about regret and re- regret in relationships no regret this is the thing like so it, from what you're saying it sounds like in spite of the fact that your previous relationship the the one that you know you kind of touched on is was toxic and you know wasn't good for you
2: you I don't think it sounds like you regret Going through all that? No, because I think that it really does build our character. And also you often... uh, Women would message me and say, you know, I'm getting on really well with a guy, but I don't know if the attraction is there. They'd have certain questions. And they're not even giving it a chance because they haven't had the comparison factor yet. So until you're really broken down and hurt by someone, you actually don't really appreciate the good guys. Mm -hmm. You know, because you don't have this core belief that you're good enough and you're worthy of this love. So when you realize that by yourself having not had it, and having kind of the wrong side of things, then you know what you're worthy of, and you know what you're due, and you won't settle for anything else. It Mm. has to be perfect and it's not a list it's just feeling loved the way you should and everybody deserves that and I think that until we have a negative experience now listen there's plenty of girls as well who are so different to me who haven't explored dating and they meet their childhood sweetheart and that's it and that's totally fine too because they didn't even have the negative experience they just got the good one earlier Mm -hmm. and so and that works that works for some people absolutely and that's lovely because you're you don't have to go through the pain Mm. you're just settled into something very healthy and, and that's great as well. Yeah. So I think that it's just if you've been through something really horrendous, know that coming out the other end, you're like 10 times stronger. Mm-hmm. And if you've never had trauma or terrible things happen, that's OK, too, because you're strong as you are because you've been nourished.
1: Yeah, I what I what kind of occurs to me when you're talking about that, that um, kind of the negative relationship, I feel as though had I gone through what you went through, I would have put a wall up and brought that wall with me into my next relationship and like you I, I don't I don't see like I don't feel like you have done that like I I think I would have you know you say it has made you stronger and stuff I feel like it would have made me so I like paralyzed almost like closed off to a new relationship or closed off to someone who genuinely wanted to look after me out of fear
2: mm.
1: how did you get rid of your
2: wall and let Adam climb over it to for want of a better <laughs> phrase. I didn't even make them work that hard. It's kind of funny because I trust my judgment as strange as that sounds. People can change and also they can show a different we all have masks when mm. we show ourselves, when we show other people and the one we don't don't show anyone. And people can show a different face to you and it's not to feel bad that you have misunderstood somebody or to make yourself feel guilty that you have a different idea of someone going into something. I do still think I'm a really good core judge of character. I just perhaps don't walk away necessarily when I could ideally in an ideal world. But I know when something's not right and my gut has never ever been wrong. Mm -hmm. It's just about whether you listen to your gut or not. And my gut with Adam was just genuinely extreme calm. Mm -hmm. I felt like I used to describe him as my guardian angel because he came around at a time where I was at my lowest. My dad was very ill. There was stuff going on online. I had gone through that kind of terrible relationship in the November and I met him in the March. It's quite a short stint of being single and I was rebuilding myself even just to learn how to be single. I'd moved country. There was so much that had gone on and it was kind of grounding. It, I basically said to myself, I don't want to become someone who I hate men. I hate the way it goes. I, do, I actually never felt that way after no breakup. And I've had really amicable normal breakups as well where I've just chosen it just doesn't work and mm-hmm. that's cool and we're still friends. But I've never walked away from something going, I'm never doing that again. Oh my God, I can't. Like, I'm too afraid of being hurt. So maybe that's just who I am. I like to believe in fresh starts and that everyone deserves a second chance kind of in, in life. And I mean the individual and not in a relationship. So I knew I'd find it. Mm. I, I always knew that I'd end up having it. And maybe that's affirmations and believing in the universe. Like, I firmly always believe everything will be okay. Okay.
1: And because, yeah, I like, I, I don't think... Um, Going through what you went through, I would be. It's very warm in here. <laughs> I'm the fanning myself sweating. <laughs> I yeah, I don't think going through what you went through, I would have been uh, emotionally available to
2: anyone. So I, you I, take it slow. Yeah. I think I definitely took it slow, and I I had my guard up. Mm. Now I gave myself, but I gave myself in guarded pieces. Okay. So I was my full self, but I wasn't committing to anything. We didn't put a label on a relationship for a few months. I wasn't rushing into anything. And he didn't push either. So it was a very organic, natural, slow way of going into okay. something. So there was no immediate requirement <laughs> for commitment or panic. Like, mm-hmm. do I have to trust this, some person? It was actually just a getting to know of a human mm-hmm. and letting them into my life without being closed off, without giving myself either. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a balance. Yeah. It's not just about like word vomiting, you know, yeah. being someone straight away. And yeah. um, you do have to be somewhat guarded. But I wasn't, I didn't feel fear. I didn't. He just didn't make me feel fear. Okay. And you know the way you were
1: saying about the masks? Like, I feel like any time I hear you speak, any time you're interviewed, any time you're extremely articulate, you always sound like you really know who you are. You always sound like very sure of yourself, very clear on. It's 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 like it's apparent that you've done a lot of um, self-study in a way. Mm-hmm. You've done a lot of mm-hmm. looking internally and, you know, whether that's through te- therapy or whether it's through just... Introspection, yeah. It, it, like, have you got the mask that you say you don't show anyone?
2: Do you show Adam? As in, am I another me, kind of that I don't show the world? Yeah, yeah. I think I'm my complete, true, warts and all self with Adam. Okay, so he sees so the mask that sees no one else sees. Everything okay. else, um, the down days that I wouldn't share even with family he sees okay. and when I'm kind of going through like he saw me go through my worst struggle when we first got together so it was I suppose there was trust and faith in that alone because I had nothing to give mm. I wasn't in a position of power I wasn't excelling so much in my career that it was kind of um I had stuff to give and he could take from me whether it's of monetary value or travel or there was nothing he could gain from me at all I was so stripped down that there was a security in that because I was like I'm my worst self now so if he likes this he's getting Beyonce at the end <laughs> <Okay>. like I <laughs> yeah, knew yeah, that yeah, yeah, and he would have seen he just allows me exist there's no um, desire to be anyone I'm not I don't have to show any sort of math and there's such a relief in that because I don't think I've ever had it until now
1: mm-hmm. and you know I don't know about any of your previous relationships in terms of like you know I guess sexually like was there any insecurity going into this new relationship about having a physical relationship with someone new <laughs> No
2: <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> that's to think good. Like, like yeah, is, that's I'm trying, trying to think honestly
1: um, Because obviously Like for, for women I Like I think yeah. it's fair to say That we really really link We do The emotional emotion, with the physical 100%. So like I think if Like I know for me In, in previous relationships Where um, It might have gotten toxic In terms of the The emotional relationship yes. The sex kind of It almost oh, it would have been Joined together. up So Absolutely. in a way I was, you know, you get to a position where you're almost mistaking sex for love and vice versa. I know what you're saying. Did you have that struggle? I had that
2: at the end of my last scenario and I had situations where I knew I was affected prior to Adam. So say in my single stint of November to March, Mm -hmm. I would have kissed a couple of people. Mm -hmm. And I remember distinctly having something happen, which seems so silly and so stupid to say. But I think I was at the Childline concert around Christmas time. Anyway, I had a smooch with someone who's actually a friend and there was security in that because it was kind of like a lad friend so there was no demand or anything like that Mm -hmm. but I remember talking at the bar and him having his hand down at my waist or around my hip area and I was literally holding myself in a way that would make me feel skinnier and I had all of that problem throughout the end of my last scenario as regards my body image okay sex you name it and so it had definitely caused some sort of effect where I was I wouldn't even say that it was like I was conscious of my body it was that I always was trying to be smaller or feel smaller or hold myself certain ways because I felt like I would make someone feel disgusting so such a simple thing of someone giving me a kiss and then putting their hand on my hip my immediate thing being half tipsy as well which is even worse because you usually kind of let yourself go yeah. you know you're a little bit more comfortable with the spanks roll down yeah. and I was really thinking oh my god he's gonna he's not gonna want to score me anymore okay. and I had never felt that way before I had never had that previously so I suppose there was parts of that right uh like a little bit of hangover from hangover more yeah. so so yeah. it wasn't that the It wasn't that Adam made me feel a certain way at all. He made me feel nothing but beautiful and loved. But I definitely in myself felt uncomfortable in my own body. Okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: And has that changed? Yes. Okay. And has he been a catalyst Massive part. Yeah. I
2: don't like to ever put weight on someone else changing you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I don't. I think that you do need to do the work yourself because it'll always crop up again. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much someone loves you. If you don't love yourself, it'll come up. Mm -hmm. You can be loved 100% 100% by your partner and still not like your stomach mm-hmm. like that's I think that's very totally, normal as yeah. women like that's yeah. just how we I know are that's a fact for me <laughs> yeah like and I get and like someone can tell you when you're you know completely starkers when you come out of the shower the, oh my god hello and you're yeah. like ew stop stop yeah, looking yeah, 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 like yeah. you know that just that happens yeah. and it would be more me so I'd still have my own hang ups where yeah you kind of like leg it across the room <laughs> just, you know it, yeah yeah so I've I've put on uh, I want to say two and a half stones since London okay which is fine. Yeah. But I was, I was used to being a more lean being, and I had got into a really regiment of kind of training and feeling a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I was very, very, very comfortable with how I looked to other people, but yet wasn't. I was super insecure and there was this whole weird kind of disconnect. And I've talked about it before where ironically, when I was my most lean, I was editing my photos most. Okay. So I felt obviously a huge body dysmorphia. And some people body dysmorphia manifests where they're anorexic and they think they look fat. Mine was I was actually the smallest I had been. I'll never be a small human. I'm tall. I'm broad. I've big bones. So the smallest I got was an eight to ten. And I was tiny for me, even though I wasn't tiny. I, I still I was working really hard mm-hmm. in my body and I had kind of got my body fat down a lot. And I felt just very, uh very insecure and didn't really realize it. Like I'd wear crop tops to the gym and have my stomach and abs out, but I would be photoshopping my photos. Mm -hmm. So there was something there that just was, was not working. And yeah, it took ages. It went from, I suppose, if we're talking about sex, it went from one extreme to the other, where I would be used to lying in bed on my side in the spoon position, not even having sex in kind of like a cuddle mode, where I would be sucking in my stomach, going to sleep, to... Being just my full normal self and Adam literally just grabbing me and being like I love you so much. So it's it's been a very weird change. They're completely opposite scenarios like lying there
1: when you're about to go to sleep. Please let
2: him feel my ribs. (laughs) That's insane. Uh. And
1: do you feel like um, I guess there must have been a link then between your body image obsession and your editing of photos and all that stuff with that previous relationship and Mm. and the way that made you feel so do you ever feel like because I know there there was a lot of um there was a lot of shit basically online about you editing pictures Mm. and likewise for a lot of influencers there's tons and tons of influencers that have been kind of vilified in a way for um editing and you know while I can see the the argument i can see how you know young girls will be looking and they'll they'll see an an, in a perfect they'll perceive something perfect that actually isn't perfect Mm -hmm. you know your experience in that relationship do you ever wish you could say to people i did this because i was my brain wasn't
2: yeah, I, you do you know what I mean? It was almost like you. it was warped in I a way. would love to just come on and say everything. I'd love to talk about everything that happened, but I mean, that doesn't serve everybody either because then where does it end? And you divulge everything about your private life and, and that's not going to help either, but... I definitely think at the time I remember feeling like I had done something so terrible by deceiving people when actually the way I saw it, and this is genuinely, this could be controversial to say, editing of photos always existed. It happens with celebrities. It happens on ads. It happened with King Henry VIII and his paintings. He was Mm -hmm. a little bit fatter in real life. He (laughs) has to be painted smaller. I'm not saying... He didn't do a great job (laughs) because he still was a bit of a... I'm not saying that's right. Okay. I'm not at all. you go through the media and you all have your, you have your own journey. Mm -hmm. I would have been, again, Ireland being small, there's not that many plus size influencers um, and that's again, not excusing either but I would have stood beside photographers after shoots when I used to be a plus size model. I was called that. I had no problem with being 14 to 16. I was proud of it. I'd flaunt my curves. I remember standing in like Ireland AM in my underwear, like totally comfortable in my body, happy out, nothing edited. This was on TV, you can't. And That was very much my thing that I owned. And then I slowly, and this is no blame on photographers, but I'd see them edit me and I'd actually watch with pure curiosity from a creative brain of how they'd manipulate the photo or they'd get rid of my dimple on my chin or Little tuck here, and I'm like, oh my god, I look unreal. Yeah. Okay, well, hang on one second. So, business brain, totally separate, is going. Success equals this. Mm-hmm. People doing this are doing well. This is polished. I must be a brand. I am not just Joanne anymore. I want to get jobs. And so, if this is required of it, so it started like that. Yeah. So it's very innocent and and simple. Mm-hmm. But then do that for long enough, you start to see the before of yourself being bad yeah. and the before image before you edit or before you put a filter on as ugly or whatever it is so that comparison is really unhealthy so I would have gone through that and then add to that a very negative relationship body image to the floor feeling like absolute shit not a great combination no (laughs) plus I started training way more than I ever had so I think so many people struggle especially bodybuilders with um getting to stage lean and then reverting back to normal size they feel huge and they look at their body fat and you're you're used to posing for so long in the mirror and seeing yourself a certain way that anything other than that is negative that's what happened to me with images Mm -hmm. and then I didn't know how to reverse it Mm -hmm. I was like okay the really irritating thing about it and what I wish people would understand is during the whole spat of editing of photos number one I was never selling anything that told you that you would get that size so you weren't buying me Joanne Larby wasn't arriving to your door at size 12 when she said she was a 10. Okay. And also, I feel like you have to understand why someone is doing something that it's not just about deceit. It's not about like pretending anything. They might just be going something through something themselves. It's just that you're a personal individual and a professional individual and those lines cross and you can't just come on and be like, lads, I'm really struggling at the moment. I have massive body dysmorphia. I don't know how to fix it, Mm -hmm. but could we just pause this for a while? So yeah, I suppose it's kind of a mixture and it's, When I was training loads in London and I lived over there, I was quite small and I did have abs. And now people think I just was never lean. They think that I always Photoshop. So then what happened was at the stage where I was small and I was showing videos of my body, people were like, oh, that's Photoshop. And I'm like, you can't Photoshop a video. So... (laughs) Then one thing, one assumption, or one before and after, or a really bad angle versus a really posed, mm. is assumed that everything is.
1: Mm-hmm. I think we all have a bit of that, though. I know, like for myself, I haven't posted uh, when I'm front facing on Instagram chatting away. I haven't posted front facing chats on Instagram without a filter in. I don't know how long, and it and I I don't feel like I'm deceiving anyone. I mean, I am, and I, I will you know I will say that. And in actual fact. People get on to me and say, and I know they mean well, they get on to me and say, You don't need that filter. Why do you always um, put that filter on when you're doing your chats? And I will write back to those people and I will say, Hi, I have massive uh, body issues and, and image issues and problems with how I see myself mm-hmm. and how my skin looks and how my hair looks and um, how I've put on three stone in the last couple of years and my chin is now my face is a different shape than it was three years ago or whatever Mm -hmm. and I'll say that to them and I'll say I actually just hate what I look like and they will invariably be get back to me and say I wasn't expecting you to say that I I didn't know that's the way you felt about yourself so
2: that kind of honesty yeah it kind of almost shocks people and because I don't think people expect it on fair play to you for being able to say it Mm. I think that there is an element of so say for example you can be you can really excel at 80% of your life and be really shit at 20 we try and show the 80% but of course there's the 20 and it's that again not people not honing in on just knowing you for that that happened to me for so long I was like lads it's not just about what I look like let me have my problems with my image but stop talking about the editing there's people dying in the world there's people doing far worse you're being manipulated in so many other ways you're being deceived in so many other ways what I look like is less of like that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. And I think that a huge amount of the podcast for me was I wanted it to be audio. I didn't want it to be visual. I wanted people to stop saying, oh she looked like this on TV, would she look like that in the photo. Mm-hmm. Did you see her on Vogue Williams show and did you see her there? It's like, I'm more than that. Yeah. I've always been more than that. And part of my healing was not just being known for my body and yeah. not just being known for what size I used to be or what mm-hmm. size I am now. And I post a lot of body positivity and raw images now, which is super different for people to see but I did before as well. I was always a plus size model. Like I did a cosmopolitan campaign for an underwear brand and it was all different shapes and sizes. It hit BuzzFeed, loads of huge websites around the world for we had a girl in it who had one leg. We had someone with tattoos all over her body. Me as a token plus size girl, someone with alopecia. An amazing campaign. Like I I was involved in all of this before. I just went through a, I went off track. Yeah. yeah. And that happens. And you know, I, I'd much rather be called out for editing images and looking different than for being a fake bitch yeah. I would rather anyone who has met me to say she's really sound she's never hurt me she's never burned a bridge professionally I've never heard a brand and I'd prefer that Yeah. so I'll take that every every day of the week
1: and do you think that there's an element of you know like I was saying earlier you always come across as strong <clears throat> excuse me you come across as strong articulate well able to defend yourself and I feel like there might be a part of your followers or, or let's say the public at large or whatever that sees you as someone who is, you know, strong, guarded, has her shit together, knows what she wants, is articulate, you know, all those things that you you definitely are. Like, I feel like it's almost a, um, in a way the vulnerable side of you doesn't show as much. And yeah, so people, people think that they can... 100%. Chip away at you because they don't get to see that vulnerable side.
2: Yeah, and I do get that, and that's also to do with how I've built how I am. Yeah. You know, like and I is show. That on purpose? Do you do you deliberately show this? kind of I think I genuinely am really strong and I'm not saying that in a funny way like when I think back I have loads of people kind of say how did you get through last year and oh my god I'd never be able to deal with that but the way that I see it is there's just was worse going on like Mm -hmm. as in there's worse going on in the world and I kept grounding myself to thinking like I am very lucky I have a roof over my head I have a lovely boyfriend I have a gorgeous dog my dad is getting better like my real life was just fine and I was actually at my happiest as I kind of started to heal and work on myself and I went through some therapy working on my body dysmorphia issues and all that kind of stuff and again it's that kind of it's that unshakable feeling that everything was going to be <coughs> all right mm-hmm. I know I'm a good person I know that nothing I did was out of malice and that good karma will always come back round again so I think once you know there you have to weather a bit of a storm but like it's just about remembering That a lot of voices on the internet are still strangers Mm -hmm. and that's no disrespect to forums or anyone kind of voicing their opinion. Everyone is totally entitled to their opinion. I think the difficulty with the internet is so say people would say often you're on the internet, you're in the public eye so you you need to be used to hate we're all on the internet now in every job. Every single job utilizes social media and so bullying is not acceptable in certain realms. My office is in my phone in my hand all the time. And so it is quite difficult to pull away from that and to to draw the line. Mm-hmm. So I have kind of a no tolerance where if someone is just out and out abusing me, they will just be blocked. It doesn't happen as often anymore. They go to their forums and they have their good time, and that's fine. I don't see it. I ask my friends not to send me anything. And what I what I don't know doesn't hurt me. And at the end of the day, I went through so much last year that no one can say anything to me ever again that will ever offend me, like okay. nothing. Yeah, because it's people I don't know. And they don't know me. Yeah. So it's just fleeting. It's a fleeting thought of speculation about a stranger on the internet
1: and so if there was one thing just to finish up if there was one thing that you as as joanne Larby, with the just completely your mask on your your you are who you are and um, with no you know wall up with no defense mechanisms with with just kind of laid bare what one thing would you like just people in general to know about you that you think might make them understand where you come from make them understand your
2: perspective a bit better uh, I think thankfully as I said to you the following that I've built now are there for the right reasons and they know what I'm about I'm a normal hard-working girl who has built a career that's on the internet and when you follow someone for seven and a half years you see their mistakes and you see the mishaps and you see the positives and the negatives and that I'm not defined by anything you've read about online, that's perhaps by an anonymous page because there's no context and there's no prior conversation or post-conversation and I've never actually been able to answer. So just to bear in mind that just because, and this goes for every influencer, if you just read a random statement by a fake page, just to kind of, to... Get whatever you get from it. If you get kind of a little good feeling or you feel good about yourself for a second, or you feel like. Give it
1: a second thought. Like think.
2: Give it a second thought. Yeah. And think again. And it's. I'm not vulnerable enough to say, remember, it's. I'm a human behind the computer. I'm, I'm fine. But it's about the people that aren't okay with it, the people that perhaps are going through what I went through last year now to just have a little bit of concern for the fact that and I will use Love Island as an example they're going around with 24-hour security watch at the moment because people are afraid they're going to kill themselves because the negativity is so bad online. That shouldn't happen in any job. No matter what you put yourself forward for, it shouldn't happen because what we're not learning from is people are killing themselves. There are people from reality TV shows and in the public eye that are handling things in private and not able to speak about it because at the end of the day, what you don't realize is just because you're silent about something doesn't mean it didn't happen or just because you don't divulge the full information doesn't mean that you can add the whole story up by the stranger on the internet. So. To remember that there's a heart and soul behind it, that it's coming from a good place and that the internet should be a happy place, that my content is there. A lot of it, as you well know, for free. You're doing it without being paid and let people do their ads. This is their job. They're disclosing it. People wanted it to be disclosed. They're disclosing it. Let them earn their money. You earn yours and just kind of enjoy the internet. Follow the people that make you feel good. And if anybody is not making you feel good and making you go to... Forums to talk about it to talk to someone in your real life about that and maybe get help for it and just to try and kind of work on the more we work on ourself the better the whole domino effect will be because the kinder you are to yourself the kinder you are to other people I was talking to Dainty Dress Diaries uh, about shadow work and what you think about me is a reflection of yourself always so when someone is really insecure about how I look or sorry, I've said that the wrong way, when someone is really concerned with how I look on the internet, whether I fluctuate in a weight or whether they've seen a really bad picture of me and that's what they're honing in on, that is a reflection on how they don't want to be perceived themselves. Mm-hmm. So to always kind of be aware that whatever you're projecting in terms of hate or negativity, Something deep rooted there is mm-hmm. about yourself. Yeah, I know Oprah says like I don't know Oprah. Sorry, I should finish <laughs> that
1: sentence. Disclaimer. I know Oprah. We're friends. I'm Gail. Um, no, I I know Oprah says something very wise and lovely and articulate and beautiful about kindness. And for the life of me, lads, I can't think <laughs> what it is, but. I really when I heard it and I'm not one for um, I'm not really one for inspirational quotes. Uh, The odd one will catch me. It'll catch me on my most emotional day. But whatever she says about kindness, I really, uh yeah. I just think it's it's worth reading and it's worth bearing mind in mind mm-hmm. in all your
2: actions, whether that's online, offline, in relationships. it always comes back full circle. Always, totally. no matter what. Totally. If, if you smile at 20 people and three smile back, you've done a good deed to those three people, which could then in turn impact 20 people. Mm-hmm. And if you do the opposite, the universe knows the no different. Happen, yeah. The opposite will happen and it mm-hmm. always comes back to you. And so the reason why good people keep succeeding and keep prevailing is because they're good to begin mm-hmm. with
1: although oh, just like, just jeez, it doesn't always seem that way sometimes <laughs> sometimes you see people succeeding and you're like what the hell yeah how did they they have had they have led karma down but, the wrong road but many maybe times.
2: maybe there's other parts of their lives that aren't so successful and we don't see that true like it's all, there's, it's all relative it, it's it's all relative like you yeah. could read loads of negative things about someone online but their relationship is awesome yeah. behind closed doors yeah. or yeah. they could be super happy or an amazing dog mom yeah. or whatever the yeah. thing is yeah. you know we're not defined by at what we perceive. Yeah,
1: it sounds very trite, but I actually think, like in a way, on paper or off, we're all equal when it comes down to like the, the serious business. We're all just trying
2: to do well in life. That's it. Yeah. Um.
1: So. I, that's we'll we'll have to wrap up because um I have to take more Nurofen. It's Nurofen o'clock, Um and so Joanne, thank you so much for thanks for having me spending your hour chatting away to me. Very deep of a Friday,
2: very deep for a Friday. <laughs>
1: um, thanks, Cassie. Thank you, Scout. Scout stayed completely still under the chair for the entire episode. Storm would I'm not be the delighted time. because I would it's so distracting having an adorable dog at your feet while you're trying to record so thank you thanks everyone for listening thanks so much for um every comment and message and review on iTunes and all that kind of stuff um I know tons of you left comments um I asked on Instagram the other day on private education podcast on Instagram to um, tag a friend that you think might like the podcast and loads of you did so thank you so much for that um and actually Joanne, joanne has a podcast as well the other side of perfect so if you do want to find out a bit more about her if you want to hear the people that she chats to on her podcast the other side of perfect you can just search it on um apple podcasts or all the places that you might get your um your podcasts so thanks so much again for listening and um, until next week stay safe have fun goodbye